Hi, this is Dan Cassetta. Welcome to Flashback Friday on Changing Lives, Selling Knives. This podcast was created to share inspiring stories from people who are positively impacting the world using lessons and skills they first learned from selling Cutco knives with Vector Marketing Corporation. Episodes feature some of Cutco's most prominent alumni and top achieving current leaders. Flashback Friday is your chance to hear a short piece of one of my favorite past episodes. We'll hand select the best nuggets to share with you in this short form. The lessons of the Cutco Vector experience are numerous, are compelling, and are real world concepts for business and life. Thanks for pressing play. Let's get on with today's flashback. Today, we are flashing back to episode number 148 with the brilliant John Oberg. John is one of the most highly skilled business leaders we have had the fortune of featuring on this podcast. He brings a strong educational background and many years of hands-on leadership experience to help professionals build more meaningful relationships to achieve exceptional business results. John has been a mentor, advisor, consultant, and coach to hundreds of organizations across the spectrum of size and scope, even including the U.S. military. This short snippet begins with John listing the four things it takes for someone to be successful in any professional role. He then gets into how leaders can build the right relationships to help provide these things for the people in their organization, and he covers the critical skill sets for establishing relationships built on mutual trust and respect. John also offers ideas on how to deal with challenging people in your work environment and on how to coach others to achieve their full potential. This flashback is full of value from start to finish, and you'll definitely want to revisit our full conversation at episode number 148. This is clearly a series of insights that are worth sharing in or out of the Cutco Vector sphere. After listening today, I ask that you make a list of some team members or others in your life who you know could benefit from the wisdom of John Oberg. The best way to repay the value you get from this podcast is by sharing it with others. So please do this today. The podcast is available on just about all podcast players. All episodes, guest bios, and show notes can also be found at changinglivespodcast.com. And you can support our podcast sponsors by clicking on the link marked Deals on the podcast homepage. Sit down and take out your notebook. Here comes a crash course in professional interactions and effective leadership with John Oberg. What are some of the specific challenges that you see that some of the organizations you're coaching have that you've helped them overcome? In most cases, I start with leadership and management and make sure that people are managing and leading well. And so, you know, there's three really important things that a leader needs to do in an organization. They have to provide clarity, they have to execute, and they have to create sustainability in the organization. And each one of those things has a very specific set of things they need to do in each pillar. And so I make sure that the leaders are actually leading. And then I take a pretty close look at the organizational design to see if that organizational design fits the things that they want to be doing from a strategic perspective. And then once I've been around for a while, if the company wants to kind of lengthen the engagement, many times we'll get into the more personal and professional development questions around, you know, are the individuals self-actualizing inside the company as well? So there's four things it takes for someone to be successful in a role. They've got to have the right skill set. They've got to have the right mindset. They've got to have the right work ethic. 
and they have to have the right resources and the, and the right deployment utilization of those resources. And those resources could be like, how am I deploying my time or my money or my every job has a different set of resources tied to it. But it's, it's really incumbent upon the manager to understand what resources are necessary to be successful and then to help someone learn how to deploy those resources successfully given all the conditions of that job. That in and of itself was a great insight for anyone to take to the bank to think about how are they working with the people, you know, that are under their guidance that they're mentoring and leading. That's right. Yeah, it's, I think it's the manager's job to to meet the employee where they are. So it's not the other way around. And I think people should always try to meet the other person where they are, right? So if you have two people, I used to think that relationships were 50-50, like, you know, let's meet in the middle. And I've learned that's really dangerous. Like relationships go so much better when I attempt to meet you all the way where you are and you try to meet you all the way where I am. And, and it just, it works better. Oh, that, that was another great insight. We, we've segued a little bit into... Uh, relationships, which I know is one of the signature concepts that you talk about. You promote that you're focused on improving performance in the workplace by improving professional relationships. Let's talk a little bit about that. Tell us what, uh, what you think is important here. Yeah, I think, you know, we talk a lot about relationships and it's not because relationships by themselves make for performance. We can have a great relationship and have poor performance and that's problematic. I understand that. So we, we talk a lot about skill sets and mindsets, and we talk a lot about re, you know utilization of resources and work ethic. But you can have somebody who has those four things, and they're doing really well in those four areas. And if there's a bad relationship, it can crush someone's performance despite having all four of those things doing really, really well. People need to know that relationships, not just the relationships they have with one another, but just the, the way they operate matters. I, I, I worked with another executive who their manager got really upset with them and treated them inappropriately, yelling, screaming, really just inappropriate. And that executive for days was disconnected and that manager lost commitment. And so now here's the funny part. There's people that worked for me when I was at Cutco who were like, John, were you describing yourself just then? (laughs) You know, because I made those mistakes for sure during times in my career. Like, like if you're a Cutco alum who worked with me during those times, let me start by saying, I'm sorry, <laughs> call me. I'll ask for your forgiveness personally. And, uh, and I know I've made those mistakes at time, but now I also recognize the damage that did to their performance, not just to the relationship. Mm. Mm. And so how do you advise people to learn to interact with their people when the leader is frustrated or when the leader, you know, has certain expectations that just aren't met or if somebody is just like blatantly delinquent in, in, in uh, you know, what they're doing? Yeah, you know, people ask me this question and it kind of fits into the same bucket as how do you keep the right level of management mystique for a manager and a person who you're working with? And, you know, I, I work with companies where, where people work together for, you know, 10, 20 years and they have really deep knowledge of each other's personal lives, not just professional lives. And I think it's a really simple concept. When you're a manager... You're there to help the other person get their needs met. Like you're Mm -hmm. not there to get your own emotional needs met. Mm. You're there to get the company's needs met. That's for sure. But you're not there to get your own emotional needs met. That that's for relationships that are outside of the company. Well, can you unpack that a little bit more? Yeah. So I think if you and I are working together and let's say that I'm your manager for this particular scenario, then my job is not to come and get my needs met about my personal day or my professional day or to have you fill me up. 
My job in our relationship is to make sure that you have what you need to be effective. And we can have a professional relationship, but that professional relationship needs to be me meeting you where you are. Mm -hmm. Now, that doesn't mean that I can't disclose information about myself. I can definitely disclose and be vulnerable, but I have to do that knowing that that's about you, not about me. Right. What if you're, if you're working with somebody who's your manager mm-hmm. and you don't like the way that they're managing you, you don't like the way they're interacting with you, what advice do you have for people who are in that situation? I think you've got to be really smart about how you manage up. And that means in some cases you say something and in some cases you choose not to. Like I've counseled executives at time to be very cautious about communicating up to their management and knowing what type of response they're going to get because that can be career limiting if you're not mm-hmm. careful. Like there are managers who are unwilling to hear that type of feedback. And so even though I don't love that answer and I wish the answer was different, I'm also realistic and know that that some people will make judgments around that. So you've got to be thoughtful before giving feedback on the way up. Yeah. Now the flip side of that is as the leader, shouldn't you make a real effort to create open communication in your organization? Shouldn't you make it clear that you are open to receiving any feedback that people that you're working with have for you? You should only do that if you really are. And, right. I, and I say that because I've met right. people who open the door, they're like, I'll check that box. And they get this feedback and then they blow people up because of it. Right. So I would only say a leader should do that if they're willing and they know how to absorb that feedback in a way that is more clinical in the way they absorb it. In other words, they don't take it personally. Mm-hmm. but they take it as a real opportunity to grow. Exactly. Isn't that a really important part of being a good leader? I think it is. I mean, I would tell you that I've met people that don't lead that way. You don't have to do it that way. I would just tell you, I think it's better to do it that way. That way being taking feedback, being selfless, servant leadership. I think those are better organizations because they people are more willing to commit to those organizations and to be more vulnerable and to align themselves to that type of organization, my experience. Yeah, indeed. What other insights would you have on developing better professional relationships that, uh, that you find are, are compelling? And there's so many, like this is an area where I could talk for, you know, hours and days around professional relationships. The, the most important thing that I see is really to understand what builds a relationship. And so if I said like, there's foundationally, what, what do we do to build relationships? Every relationship stands on a foundation of responsibility and accountability. Mm-hmm. Right. So if I can't trust you to do what you say you're going to do and to mean what you say, it's going to be really hard for me to build the relationship on top of that. So once you have that foundation, those kind of the base layer, then there's four skill sets to build relationships. One is about appropriate self-disclosure. So knowing when to trust people with information about yourself. One is about trustworthiness so that when someone does disclose information, we hold it confidentially. We're not gossiping. Like we're, we're able to, to handle that disclosure. Mm-hmm. Next is acceptance. And this was the tough one for me during my Cutco days. Accepting somebody where they are. Like I wanted the best for everybody so badly that I got feedback years later that people thought that I was telling them what was best for themselves, which is not at all what I meant, but it's certainly what they heard. And I understand why I wasn't accepting of where they really were, where they were really headed. I think this is the difference between offering something to someone and shooting all over them. Don't tell them what they should do or how they should see the world. Right. Just say, you know, like, 
hey, can I offer you a perspective and you can grab onto it or tell me if I'm crazy? Like, what would it feel like for you if you fill in the blank? Mm. Like, what would that be like for you? Be worth it. Would the effort be worth it? And some people say no. And that's, and, that, and that's okay because they still might be a role player. And I've watched leaders who are like, they could do better. They're going to get fired if they don't. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. They're your top performer. They're doing it at 60% of their capacity. And you've got people who are going to pass them. But if they still operate like that for the next five years, is that net positive for the company? Well, yes, but they could be doing more. It's like, dude, we need to start looking at the mirror first. Like, maybe we should take that same level of intensity to you before we take it to them. And then the last one would be just seeing others in their best light all the time. So if you have you know responsibility and accountability are at the base, the four skill sets are self-disclosure, trustworthiness in terms of being able to accept self-disclosure, accepting people where they are, even if it's different than where you want them to be, and then seeing people in their best light, regardless of what's happening in the moment. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's flashback episode of Changing Lives Selling Knives, you can find the full episode and show notes at changinglivespodcast.com. You can also sign up there to receive free resources from me and some of our amazing guests. Please consider rating or reviewing us on your podcast player and hit the subscribe button so future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. This is Dan Cassetta signing off. We'll be back in a few days for our next story about changing lives.